Hey guys, welcome to the Cultivate and Keep podcast. I'm Jeremy with my good friend Corey, and this is where we talk about what we're learning, what we're studying in the Bible, and what is new with our businesses. What's happening, Corey? Nothing much, man. I'm uh, just working away. I feel like I've actually been in a in a good groove recently, like the last like two months ish. I feel like it's kind of weird because more recently I've been sleeping in later, but I feel like I've been a lot more like productive and energized throughout the day. I don't know if they're connected or not at all, but uh, I'm feeling good. I'm excited. Are you like working later into the nights or just working less hours but getting more rest kind of thing? Yeah, I think I'm just working um, like less hours but better. Um, maybe a little bit like later into the day and or being more productive later in the day, whereas like normally I feel like I'm a little bit productive in like late morning and then around like 2 or 3 o'clock I kind of just like peter out. And now, I don't know, mm-hmm. I think I'm more productive like later in the day as well. Um, I don't know. I can't really put my finger on it exactly. But uh, I feel like I've been like a, in a good groove. Ironically, too, I feel like a lot of what's kept me productive has been just like changing up my like work environment. So I've been going with Monique to the church on like Tuesday, Thursday. And then Friday, I'll go to a co-working spot with a friend. And I think just like having that change of pace really makes a difference, too. Yeah, that book I read, The Productivity Project, he you know he talks all about like just basically working in like the best hours that work for mm-hmm. you. And I don't know, for me that was always like a shift because I think well naturally I like to start early, but you know you always think like get up early, start at six, like that's the way to do it. And his whole thing was like figure out like when you're when you are most energized <laughs> and optimize your time for that. Sorry about my dogs, they're they're crazy. <laughs> they're um, used to me being there. Anyway, that's cool, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey. How about you? How things going? Yeah, no, I'm doing well. Uh, <clears throat> like looking over our schedule and kind of what we had set up for the year, we've we've surpassed our goals like business wise, and I feel very content like with where we're at. And so, I don't want to say checked out, but I'm kind of checked out. I'm kind of just like cruising now, you know. Like I just I don't know. Like we we had a couple of like very busy stretches, uh, really, really since like mid August through probably the last like week. I mean, probably like after. I think after November 14th was our last like really busy week of events. Um, so that like three month stretch, I was just working so much that now I'm like, all right, like I'm done. Like I'm just yeah, checked yeah. out. So um, busy. You know, that com- combined with like getting ready for the baby um, are, you know, a lot of our time is spent towards meetings and, you know, appointments and just like, you know, doing random stuff for that. So I don't know. Like it's, it's a weird feeling because um, I, I don't feel pressure. Like normally I feel like pressure to like, fulfill you know events or like to meet my goals but it's all done and so now i'm kind of like, all right like like i have plans for next year i want to start working on but for the most part i'm just like i'm i'm good you know and uh what's not helping is we just got a jacuzzi and i'm <laughs> loving it dude <laughs> i uh, i'm in there you know every morning every night and it's just morning great, and night wow yeah, that's impressive heck yeah man i mean i would go midday too if it was cooler i mean i will yeah. go midday once it cools down a little bit um so that was kind of funny that the very first day we, so we bought it used, uh, but the first day we like got it, <clears throat> it just got connected to the electricals. So I had to get all like set up and, uh, I was having an issue with it. I couldn't get it to work. I'm not sure why I probably spent like three to four hours, like troubleshooting and Googling and YouTube, all these things. And after all of that, like it basically led me to, okay, this must be like a, like a wiring issue. So, uh, Connie called her dad, like, Hey, can you come over after work? Cause he's an electrician. So 
after work, he came over and he spent like 10 minutes looking at it. And he's like, yep, th- this wire is in the wrong spot. And he's like, switched them around and boom, it, all, it worked instantly. <laughs> but it was just funny because when that day started, I, was, I just told Con- Connie, like, hey, just so you know, I'm just letting you know ahead of time. Like today, I'm not focusing on work. I'm focusing on this jacuzzi. <laughs> That's like my main focus. <laughs> so, <laughs> and she's like laughed mm. at me. So I like lost all of Monday just doing jacuzzi stuff. That's um, amazing. But it was worth it, man. Totally worth That's it. That's right. So. Rest and recharge. It's kind of where I'm at. I feel like um, there was there was someone I was reading. I was kind of um, uh, I was reading some of their stuff, and they were talking about how I think we like, like sort of forgotten like the importance of like seasonality and like especially like just the way that our like brains and bodies are wired to like adapt to the seasons and how there's like natural kind of ebbs and flows and productivity and and like fall and winter we sort of like start to ramp down and we got to start to get a little bit less productive and then like spring and summer we're more mm-hmm. sort of energized and you know there's the new year you want to hit goals and so you're like there's more sunlight and like just naturally oh it was uh andrew huberman uh this guy i've been sort of like binge listening to his new podcast uh he's like this scientific guy but he's all about like body and mind optimization stuff he's a really cool guy really smart but um he was he's like kind of all about like listen to your your body and your mind and like some like sometimes you don't have to fight it if it's cold mm-hmm. and it's dark outside, like don't try to be super productive, just like embrace it. And then the next time that it is, yeah. you'll feel like even more energized and motivated when it's sunny and light out to go work or go work out or go outside and do something mm-hmm. more active. And so I think there's value there. Yeah. I, I naturally like tend to be someone that like pushes against what I'm naturally feeling. Like I'm all about like, you know, if you're feeling like the easy way, like go the hard way, like, you know, <laughs> do what you don't want to do basically. And, but Connie is really good at like telling me like to do what I want to do. Like if you want to relax, relax, if you want to whatever. And it's like, it's hard for me to not do that. But anyway, like the last few weeks I've for sure just been like into like rest chill mode, like, you know, which is, I think is good. It feels good to do. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to soak it in and enjoy it. Also, like I'm just trying to remember like, okay, dude, like a month we're having a baby or a month and a half. And like, you know, life's going to change a lot. Savor so it. kind of, if I want to take a half day and spend half my time in jacuzzi, <laughs> like by all means, if I can do it, do it. Right. <laughs> like, it's kind of where my mind's. And mm. I know I probably sound really ridiculous right now, but um, I'm so hyped on jacuzzi right now. It's kind of like, I'm really excited I love about it. it man. So. That was, um, there was like a period. It's a little bit sad, but it's kind of funny too. There was like a period. I bet you if my mom's listening, she'll remember this, but I was like, I was doing, I don't know. It was like one of those semesters when I was doing like, 20 or 21 units in school and I was working and I was driving all the time and I basically like leave at seven and get back at like, you know, 10 or 11 o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. And for like a couple months during sort of like this winter season, like, you know, November, December, January, I would get home and I would pull out like a little, uh, little carton of ice cream. I'll hop in the jacuzzi at my parents' house <laughs> And I would be out there till like one in the morning and I didn't even care that I wasn't like getting sleep because it was just like my time to finally relax and like, dude, I forgot the, you guys had yeah, one there, dude, huh? and it's huge. It's so nice. Yeah. And, um, I remember I that. Yeah. We had that one time. I power think. that baby up, eat some ice cream, listen to some bony Vare, and all is well in the world again. <laughs> dude, it is a game changer. I was telling, I was talking, I went to lunch with Connie's dad. Actually, I golfed Connie's family yesterday and he was asking me, like, so like, how you like the jacuzzi? I'm like, it's amazing. He's like, what are you doing there? I was like, well, in the morning I drink coffee and at night I drink wine. 
<laughs> I just sit there and listen to music and uh, Connie came in with me last night. And it was great. Uh, another funny thing is I go in naked and I don't care saying that. But really? Funny. Wow. Um, another thing that's funny is like we have we have roommates. <laughs> we rent our room out. We rent rooms out in our house. But you know, I'm, I'm obviously like I'm gonna need to like mind. I, mean, I don't even walk out. <laughs> like I don't walk in our living room with my shirt off ever. Cause like we have two girls. It's like I'm I'm just, like aware of that, and so I always have you know whatever. That's fine. But it's the jacuzzis in our backyard, and everything's like um, all the windows have like blinds, and so I don't just like I'm, my point is I'm not being like careless <laughs> about it. But it is funny because like we do have roommates and they can, they could, I guess, come out there. And I think they know, I think they've kind of learned, Oh, Jeremy, like every morning at night he's in the jacuzzi. <laughs> and they, I think they know I don't, I probably don't wear any shorts, but, um, the first night I went in, I forgot a towel. So I was like, <laughs> Connie, like yelling her name and she didn't hear me. So I had to just make a run for it. And I made it. It was all good. So, but she it was cool. Dogs. So lesson learned. Get a towel. I was, all of a sudden I <laughs> want to go in the jacuzzi less now for some reason. It's odd. It's weird timing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm actually really excited to go in. Yeah, uh, that sounds fun. That'd be fun. It's always good. Like you always have that'd that one good. person, you know, who has a truck, and so you use them for moving, and that's always been you. And now you're also the one friend who has a jacuzzi, so I use you for your jacuzzi too now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what do you have to give? Let's talk about that. Ah, My brain. Nothing. Twitter. You want to shout out on Twitter? I can give. I you use one your of those. brain. You just say the word. Yeah. That is a good point. <laughs> you got all the connections, Corey. <laughs> Not much. No, but I mean, I guess on like a more like serious level, like a lot of, like I think I mentioned, a lot of our time has just been like about the baby. And dude, I've watched like way too many childbirth <laughs> videos. <laughs> like actual childbirths, and, like uh, just random people. Yeah, like you have to, wow. man. You got to learn. And I think I've shared, but we're doing a home birth. And so um, you know, a lot of like the process is kind of just us and on our own. So um, it, you know, it's, it's a little bit non-traditional. So yeah, there's a lot to learn. Um, you know, we're going to have a doula and a, and a, uh, a two midwives. So, you know, the doula is like main responsibility is basically just like to comfort Connie and to like help with whatever needs she has and kind of to support her. And then the midwives are like the, you know, the medical side of things and the actual, like actual delivering of the baby. Um, but I don't know, just learn a lot about the process and I'm, I don't know, it sounds really weird to say I'm like, I'm excited. And so is Connie. I think we're really excited just to like do it i think you get to a spot like you find out you're pregnant and in our situation we weren't um trying to have a baby it kind of just happened and so at first it was like oh crap we're pregnant like no this sucks kind of thing and then you know it kind of just slowly changes to um i would say over like a month it was kind of like okay like we're ready and we're you know we have to kind of accept what's happening and then it kind of turns to where you're just like excited and you're just ready for this mm. thing to, to come out and so i think the last month we've both been like really excited you know we just got our crib set up we get about to get the car seat in the car and you know like getting everything and like kind of like all the supplies and getting ready it's it um you know like setting up the room all that stuff like it gets you excited it gets you like ready for it to happen so i'm excited i'm even excited for like i guess the labor process which I know I'm super naive, so if you're listening and you have, like, five kids, you probably <laughs> think I'm crazy. Um, but, no, me and Connie are both, like, excited for it because I think the fact that it's going to be at our home, we're not going to go to a hospital, like, it, I think it's going to be, like, a special time, just, you know. Um, we're going to try to labor as much as we can, like, just me and her without having the doula come. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at some point, the doula will come, and then, obviously, the midwife's next. But, um, yeah, we're excited. It's going to be a, a fun time. So uh, I'm glad you're excited, man, because it feels like a lot. I'm just... I'm always freaking out for you on your behalf. Uh, so <laughs> power to you. If you feel great, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I think uh, we're just ready for like the next part of this, you know, I mean, it's, it's really, I mean, you find out you're pregnant around like five or six weeks and then it's 
what, seven and a half, eight months of just, it's a long time. And it's like your only, not your only focus, but it's like your main like focus, especially being our first kid. Like we're so new to this. And so, especially at this point, like I would say like 70% of our time is like spent doing or talking about like baby stuff. And so it's just, it's so much. And so it's like, we just want him to come out, you know, yeah. excited to meet him. So I've never thought about how long nine months yeah. actually is. That's a long time to be pregnant. I mean, it's it's basically that all of right. this year has been that for the most yeah. part. Oh, yeah, so. you're right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it's been good. Though. I mean, I've I've learned a ton, dude. I've learned a lot, um, a lot about just, you know, like the, what happens, you know, <laughs> to like a mom as <laughs> she's carrying a baby. And uh, even just like things about birth I never knew. Um I've just learned a lot and it's been, it's been really interesting and cool. Um, I think I shared last time that book I've been reading, one of my like eight books I'm reading, uh, the one about, you know, supporting your wife during birth. And even that alone has been like fascinating. Mm. So it's been good. Uh, another funny thing is like picking a name. So we haven't actually picked a name yet. And we've kind of decided we're basically going to wait until he comes and then we'll name him hopefully with the next couple, with the next, uh, with the first few days. Um, but that is kind of weird. And, um, I don't know, but it, it's good and it's exciting. And I think we just, we're both like mentally preparing. I think this whole season is, is good for us because uh, it just like, it worked out with our like life. Like this is where we get this. This is like our slowest time of the mm. year business wise. And yeah. I think just overall, like me and Connie tend to like be more like at home and just, you know, less going on, you know, November, December, like January, February. So I think it's a good timing. Um, we're, we're just excited for it. So it's like our, it's our main focus right yeah. now. Yeah. This is a, a weird kind of random question, but if if you're not doing it in a hospital then like how and like who do you get a, like a birth certificate from or like you know like who's like there to be like oh this is when the baby's born like do you just say like oh this is the baby's birthday and and then yeah, they write it that's down that's a really good question <laughs> that's probably a connie question my assumption would be like the midwives mm-hmm. um have some form of like, like certificate or something like that um i think we'll have to, there's like steps we'll have to take to like you know, it's not as simple as like, oh, here's your, here's your little ticket, right, whatever. Right. We'll have to go do some stuff. But uh, I think it's mm-hmm. them. That's my, that's my guess. Yeah, interesting. So. Well, exciting stuff, man. But yeah. It's, it's upon us. It's, uh, the date's getting Almost closer. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, man, that's kind of been the main thing I had to share, like under what's been going on for me. How about you? Yeah, it's been a lot of, um, I've just been kind of in this like productive mode right now working on swipe files so i think the the last time sort of talked about how i'm like focusing swipe files just on SaaS marketing and i like increase the membership and uh, the membership price and i'm creating a new course and kind of like not revamping everything but like very like focusing what i'm doing and have like a really like tight scope for what i'm offering and so now i've just been like cranking away at this new course um uh just like talking to people and getting involved with people in the community, um, cranking away at some new stuff. So one of the kind of the bigger updates is, um, I'm recruiting some like premium sponsors for swipe files, which are like the first like major advertisers essentially. Um, so they'd be like for all of swipe files, so like the, the newsletter, the community, um, some like other co-marketing stuff together, like maybe like a little virtual summit or like a, a report that we'll work on together. So I'm trying to recruit like two to four and um, it'd be all for all of 2022, not just like a one-off thing, but just like a, for the whole year across everything, they're the sponsors. And uh, so I've been having some calls and meetings, doing some pitching, kind of just like running like a, a sales process. And uh, it's pretty nuts because 
I I set a price that was double what I was like thinking would be like I'd be comfortable with or I'd be really happy with. And no one has even batted an eye. <laughs> like it's actually been like really, really receptive. And now it has me thinking like, geez, am I charging like too little? But it's a sizable amount of money that uh, if I get four, that'll basically like push me over the top of like going to default alive, quote unquote, and basically like re- replacing my salary finally and like providing like a full-time income, uh, which is really exciting because then that's like locked in. I have them for the whole year. I don't have to worry about like recruiting new ones until, you know, October of next year, probably or something like that. Um, but it's been going well. And now I'm just excited to like get them onboarded and start actually integrating them into the content and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I've just been in, like this weird kind of productive mode where I've just been like cranking away at different projects, kind of nonstop feeling really productive. And so at the same time, I'm like, I'm, I'm like racing to finish all this before the end of the year, but it's going well like that. I have no, no real complaints around that. That's exciting. So, um, the, um, I think I missed it, but companies are sponsoring, yeah. right? Not individuals. Yeah, companies. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, and like, how do you approach them? Like, how do you position that with them? Yeah. I basically said, you know, I just had like a really short kind of pitch. Some companies I already had like a previous contact or relationship with, but some I didn't. And it was basically like a, Hey, I'm, um, you know, are you, are you guys any, are you guys considering any like email sponsorships for 2022? I'm recruiting a few for swipe for, for next year. And, you know, want to wrap it up by early December and I can send you like a media kit. It's what it's called. Uh, if you're interested and then like, you know, 15 or so sort of like opted in after my emails and DMS and messages from different places and then start a conversation, hopped on a few calls. And then after like going through all the details, I think I have three verbal commitments now. Um, so I'm trying to get that fourth. And then now it's a matter of like getting the contract signed and, and payment sent. So once they're a sponsor, what does it look like? So essentially, uh, I have a couple different newsletters under Swipe Files, and each one will have like a featured spot at the top of the newsletter, and then all of them will have like a call out at the very end, sort of just like a listing. Mm-hmm. Um, in the community, they'll be listed, and they'll be like the sponsor of like the office hours sessions that I do live. Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, sort of like a giveaway and like a newsletter takeover from each one of them every quarter. So some sort of like regular promotion to the audience. Essentially, it's more like product Give focus. Them. Yeah. And then these like content collaborations. So we'll be like co-hosting a virtual summit towards the end of next year together. And then also co-authoring a state of SaaS marketing report next year. Um, and those would be like the big kind of like pieces uh, on top of all the like sponsorship for content that I create. Mm-hmm. So it's really not like much more work for you, huh? Like almost none. If any yeah. at all. When did you have this idea? Um, Man, I don't know. It's a good question. I think maybe I started thinking about it in like May or June and then started like floating the idea around and investigating in like August, right around the same time as I was doing this big like mm-hmm. uh, like update for Swy Files. And um, I think it just kind of occurred to me. I was like, oh, like. It, it wouldn't be that big of a deal. Like if it's a no brainer for the company, usually like to try yeah, and like, for you yeah, there's nothing, no reason for me not to try. And I think it kind of like, I was thinking, well, I'm going to monetize through like paid memberships, but I was like, there's also no reason I can't also monetize through sponsorship. 
So now I'm doing both. So you're when you say like four like four of these will get you, um, you know what you need for the um, like to meet your goal of default live. Is it like it basically like four of those alone will hit you for the whole year, or like in addition to what you already yeah, have? Yeah, in addition to what as, I already as have as memberships. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. I'll, I'll share. I was like, damn. I'll share specific what are you numbers. Twenty five k. Well, no, I mean like almost um, alone. They could like, they could sort of mm-hmm. like, I don't know, provide like a very modest living, <laughs> but for sure, like mm-hmm. in in tandem with the paid memberships, then it just like because the paid memberships are like also around the same value and sort of like annual recurring revenue, and so I'm basically like doubling it um, overnight gotcha. essentially. That's rad, dude. I didn't know you were doing that. It's really exciting. Yeah. It's kind of just come together pretty quick. One of those things that, again, I got in a productive mode, created like a, a, like a pitch deck, sent a bunch of emails and DMs, hopped on a few calls. And then like within a week, it was sort of like a thing that was happening. Hmm. That's cool. I'm excited to see what happens. That's rad. That's really smart too. Thanks, man. That's cool. What else is new with you? Um, well, um, Business-wise, a couple things. Um, I think like for 2021, I feel like the year is kind of just like closed. I mean, also like we're having a baby. So um, we're at the, I think, I don't think we'll take any more events for the rest of the year. I mean, we like well surpassed our goals. Um, we definitely have like more margin in December. Like we, we have a lot of weekends that aren't even that full. And so we, we could take on more work, but our baby's due December 27th. And I don't know, I just like, I could take on more work and I don't have to worry about being there, but you know, I just, I do run the risk of something going wrong. I have to go, or, you know, I, I could potentially be pulled to an event. I don't want that, especially if our baby comes. Mm-hmm. And so for this year, I think we're just, we're basically just kind of closing out and we're going to be done with what we have. And so that's cool. I feel like very satisfied with what we did. I feel um, like we are farther than I thought we would be. So that's really good. And then kind of thinking about next year. So a couple of things we're, we're working on. A, a newer thing that I'm really excited about, but I'm, and I'm for sure going to do it. But uh, I want to add on photo booth rentals for next year. So yes. I'm really excited about it. I think it'll be a super easy add-on. And I think it's going to, I don't know, but I feel like it will significantly um, increase revenue. So I think it'll be a great addition. I think it's going to be really easy to add. Like I don't think it's going to be mm-hmm. that hard. Um, I, I was interviewed on another podcast that you connected me with and uh, one of their people they had on before me is a guy from New York that uh, strictly does photo booth rentals in Long Island. And uh, long story short, me and him ended up uh, connecting. We had a call together and I just oh, asked really? him like tons of questions and he was super rad. Oh, I tell you that? Yeah, he was yeah. super rad. Uh, he, I mean, he, told, he shared everything wow. with me so he sent me all the links of where to buy everything how to do it how it all like works together he kind of t- told me his processes and so um and he like i said he only does uh, rentals mm-hmm. and their revenue is close to what we do with all all it's of our crazy. rentals so i think it'd be a great little thing to add on I, I think it could potentially be a huge part of our business and so um the goal would be that it'd be just like a, a portion but let's say it grows even bigger like that'd be amazing mm-hmm. so um, I think it's a no brainer. Like the, in, the investment, um, like to start up is not that crazy. Uh, like we, let's say, you know, for each booth we buy, like we'll make our money back within probably like three to four rentals. And mm. so, um, it's for sure worth it. And, uh, it's just kind of funny ever since I started like talking about this, I've been paying attention to how often like, cause we could ask for things all the time that we don't have. People always say, Oh, do you guys do tents? Right, do you do right. stages? And I would just say no, but now I've been paying attention and, um, it's kind of like one of those things like, I don't know. Like once you are like aware of something, your mind like sees more mm-hmm. of it and you like, are more attuned to it. And so 
since I've had this idea about a month ago, I mean, we've been getting so many inquiries from people saying, oh, do you guys rent photo booths? Really? And I'm like, <laughs> not yet, but we are. <laughs> it's coming. So I'm super pumped about it. Um, I love s- starting things. It's like my, it fills me up. I don't like the day-to-day management of our business. I can do it. And I think I'm decent at it, but I just don't like naturally enjoy it. And so now I get to basically start a new business within my business. So I'm, I'm all mm-hmm. excited about yeah. that. So um slowly putting up the plan together for how that's going to look i would like to get a lot of things pretty much like on our website like pricing figured out and have a couple photo booths by the end of the mm-hmm. year that way i can you know start advertising them and then start booking them so um really excited about that that's a huge step um another thing is we are like really considering like really looking into hiring like a general manager for our business next year um which that is like incredible if we can do that and it's kind of kind of weird like looking back over the last few years um but like first it was obviously get into business and it was to pay the businesses off. And then it was to start like taking like actual income and salary from the mm-hmm. business. And then it was hiring someone to basically run like the actual events. I don't have to go on the events. And now it's okay. How can we hire someone to run the yeah. business? So it's really cool. Like to see how things have developed. And so um, we're like seriously looking into it. I'm actually meeting with someone today about it. So it's like a very serious thing and I'm thinking we'll do it. I also think that um, part of how we'll, um, I feel comfortable with the with the forty not higher right now, but if we do the if we add on photo booths, it's a great way to, to afford mm-hmm. it, you know. So, um, yeah. I'm I'm very excited for next year. I think it's all really good things. I feel like um, we're moving in totally in the right direction. So, huge stuff that I'm I'm pumped about. Man. But it's all kind of just in, in process, I guess. Super so exciting. Yeah. Uh, what? How recent was that that call with that guy? I think I had it with him about two okay. weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he seemed really I, I remember him I was gonna say if, if you hadn't already, like you should talk to him because I remember on the episode he was like yeah. Oh, feel free if you know, if you have questions, like an open open book and so I'm glad you got connected and Yeah, Connor Connor connected yeah. us, yeah. So Man, that's super, super rad. It took us like a month to finally schedule a call, but once we did it was it was really cool. Um another like super random thing, like a guy that's been working for us, um, kind of just part time, but he like randomly called me and was like, Hey, I've really been thinking about I had like an, like an idea and I wanted to run it by you, but I was thinking about uh, what if you did photo booth rentals? <laughs> and I was like, dude, like that's so funny you asked me. Like I'm, I'm literally like playing that right now, mm-hmm. kind of getting things you know ready for next year. And so that's wow. really cool. Like another like funny thing. So that's been good. And then for the home staging business with Tally and Thomas, that's been going well too. We um we officially like partnered with them uh, June first, and we we set up like a revenue goal for the year uh, that like I tend to always be overly ambitious. Like I have these huge goals that I almost never fully meet and uh we set a goal and we, we're gonna hit it which is really cool and really exciting like i didn't even realize that until i was looking over th- looking things over last week i was oh my gosh like we're gonna meet our goals which is really cool um and another like random thing is so we do home staging and we've also wanted to do home design but they're kind of like different beasts so we don't really have any like actual like design clients um but someone just hired us to uh come they they bought an airbnb as a as like a oh. rental like bought a house and they're using it solely as an airbnb and they want us to like design it first the whole home mm-hmm. for them so it's like a huge client uh, which is really exciting and it's kind of cool because that that client came from a coordinator that we know from from the event side wow. of the business and so it's really cool how they all just like work hand in hand and everyone refers to each other and it it all works out yeah. so yeah dude it's it's good it's yeah exciting. that's rad i'm excited for 2022 as well i feel like with swipe files the way it's going and with other projects the way it's going it's um it's uh it's really exciting i feel like also 
maybe we can finally turn the page on COVID in 2022, <laughs> like for real, for real this time. Yeah. And uh, so that okay. also gives me hope and just like resuming that normalcy and travel and um, really like feeling like where we have it, everything handled, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I hope um, part of like, when I think about next year, I just think, like, I don't know, part of me gets, I do have some anxious thoughts, right? Like we, we just don't know what's going to happen. And so, I don't know. I I, th- I think and it feels like that's over and behind us, but we'll else? see. Hopefully, I didn't just jinx us, but uh, it feels like things are trending in the right direction, at least. I don't know. Mm-hmm. There, yeah, it's it is kind of bizarre because there's all these like, man, it's really hard to put your finger on like how things are going because the media and the government will like paint this picture of like the world is still on fire and we're going to put all these mandates on you know, uh, vaccine mandates on companies with over a hundred employees and travel restrictions and, um, you know, going back into like some sort of lockdown. Like we were just up in LA and I mean, you were telling us, right. That a bunch of restaurants are requiring vaccine cards and, uh, mm-hmm. or masks. Yeah. Monique was just at a concert and they required a mask the whole time. And it just, it feels unnecessary. <laughs> you know, So like, it's like, okay, well, even if COVID isn't really like a thing, are we still going to be able to like go back to normal? Who knows? I don't know because mm-hmm. we're all still acting like we're in a pandemic when we're not. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, being in the event industry, like I, I think I'm often around like the COVID talk and everyone's just thinking about that. Uh, I mean, it's crazy. Dude. People booking events for like October of next year, 2022, are asking, oh, what's your COVID refund policy or mm. what's this, what's that? And it's just like, oh my gosh, like, are we still <laughs> doing this game? Are we still thinking about this? Like, it's, it's really crazy. And it's, it is daily. It's, I daily get wow. those questions, um, which is just like gnarly, but yeah. Wow. So crazy stuff. Well, let me, um, I have some like random thoughts on stuff I've been sort of learning and thinking about and studying. Uh, and then I have some other stuff I can talk about just for fun to get your thoughts. Um, one of them, so I've been, I've been listening to more of this podcast called uh, Faith Driven Investor, and there's also the Faith Driven Entrepreneur. And uh, there's this one that was so interesting. I was like, I don't have like a ton of thoughts in particular about it, but more just like I have to talk about it because it is so interesting and I can't mind my, wrap, my around, wrap my mind around it. But uh, I was just with this guy named uh, Bertie Lawrence, and um, he started this company called Waste Plan, where basically they sort of like, uh, sort of like collect junk and waste and recyclables um, from people, from landfills, from all sorts of different sources, and then they convert them into like more like renewable uh, resources or materials. And basically, his whole thing is like they employ hundreds of local people, and it's in South Africa, and South Africa is like you know, it's gone through a lot of this, um, like apartheid, apartheid, I forget how to pronounce it, apartheid sort of revolution. There's a lot of like racism and segregation and like roots of sort of like, uh, this like wealth inequality and gap. But his whole thing is, um, he like, I I can't, I couldn't tell if it was like legally or if it's just sort of like in practice, but he like gave away 51% of the company um, to God, <laughs> but like, I don't, you know, again, like, how do you, I don't know. I think it's more like in practice than it is like legally, like he gave it away to some sort of nonprofit or foundation or something like that. Um, 
but it's insane because they employ hundreds of people and they give away 51% of for sure. Like the profits and go back to, uh, not only just the employees, but they are like literally starting schools and like daycare centers and, uh, like all these like valuable places within like cities and towns and having like a ginormous impact on not only the economy, because it's crazy. He was talking about how in South Africa, it's very, uh, well, black and white is not the right analogy here, but like you cross one street and it goes from like extremely wealthy. to like literally the poorest of the poor. And so he's like literally like creating wealth in poor, uh, parts of town and in like poor communities and because he's employing them and he's also giving back and he's also creating these, you know, schools and, uh, like local centers in these places. And I don't know. It just like completely blew my mind about like how big of an impact one company can have on uh, a town and on like an economy and some sort of like community, because I don't know. I've just been thinking very like individualistic, individual, individualistically, about well what's my contribution and like you know i'm putting this to someone else and someone else is doing good with that but like this guy is doing it all directly through the company not just through like the profits personally or through like other charitable things through the company if that makes sense like the company is the thing that's making the difference that's interesting i was thinking um i was talking with a friend here today we're talking about like how like naturally we like want to compete like so in business right like you like this new idea you're having with the sponsorship like that's to grow your business as to keep you know having an edge of your competitors like it's to continue to move forward and you think of it like that way then you think of like with your friends right you, you, you know if you have like a friend that like you're always trying to like one up each other or see who's doing better like like me or you me and you for example if our friendship is like that to where we're constantly comparing each other like that would be like a weird thing for us i think oh, financially yeah. right but i don't i don't feel it's that way i don't think that you feel it's that no. way um we're more like happy for each other when someone is doing well like hearing your story about the sponsorship i'm like wow that's that's super cool um it's because like we're not competing we're like su- trying to support each other and I, and um kind of like might be a leap but i was just thinking in terms of, of generosity like if you're trying to be generous or help people like if you're thinking about yourself or your business and how your business keeps growing and keeps you know, out doing competitors like if, unless you can like drop that for a second and just think about like giving and helping and supporting those around you uh if you can't do that if you can't drop that wall then you won't be able to give you won't be able to be generous mm-hmm. uh, when you're able to drop it you kind of just stop thinking about like that um so i don't know, kind of random thought but that's cool i'm gonna look this guy up his name what the podcast is called faith driven investor yeah. birdie okay. lawrence that's of right. waste plan uh down in south africa it's pretty nuts um he's like all about does he have a south african accent uh yeah yeah really thick it's fun to listen to him dude when i was working for Lebon, there was this um this like property manager that I used to work with and she was this older lady like 65 and she was like the sweetest lady and she just like loved me but she had the cutest like South African <laughs> accent and she was just, like, really cool and like once a month I'd see her for our meeting and then every time it was, it was great she was super friendly I love I, I love listening to people with accents there was this old um like marketing advisory client that I had who was from like a northern part of England and he had a really thick English accent, like a, like a proper English accent too. Not like a very, like, um, I don't know. There's, there's all sorts of different like dialects or the way that people speak, but his was like a very like proper English. 
And I just like smiled the whole time and he was so fun to talk to because I just like listening to him. And um, I'm the same way about like South African and uh, English. Some are not so fun to listen to, but uh, some are really fun. Um, on a similar note, one other thought I had was, uh, I think it actually, yeah, it was another, I think it was either another faith driven investor or entrepreneur podcast uh, episode, but it was with Randy Alcorn. Um, who's like an author and I actually have his book. He wrote a book called heaven, but I haven't actually read it yet. Um, it's been around for a long time. Um, I don't know, written lots of books, but he wrote this one that I never heard of before called the treasure principle. And he's talking about it in the podcast and it's all based on Matthew six nineteen through 21. And it's the one that says, you know, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break and it's steel, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth or nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break into steel, for where your treasure is, their heart will be also. And so this is like the the basis for the treasure principle, which is what the book is about. And he talks about how there's like different kinds of treasure. And so like a person, Jesus, is the first treasure. And he talks about the story of uh, the man who goes in the field and there's sort of like the treasure chests and the and then he goes and sells everything just to go. And like that's sort of like our relationship with Jesus. That should be like the first treasure. And then the second treasure is heaven, which is a place. And that's like our eventual goal and like reward. Uh, and that like the place where we dwell with Jesus ultimately. Um, and then there's the third treasure, which is possessions and eternal rewards. And like, um, like relationships, I think is also kind of encapsulated in that. But it's interesting because I, I never thought about it this way, but he talked about how um, that second kind of part of the sentence, it says, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven and for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And he talked about it in a very literal way, like giving today and sort of like being generous and I don't know, like doing things that advance the kingdom of God today here on earth, literally get you things in heaven. Literally get treasure. Yeah. yeah, I read this book that was called a, a a life God rewards, and this is a long time, super funny. I found the book at uh, the George's house, uh, Christian Debbie George, in their bathroom. It's like one of their like <laughs> you, stole uh, it. you know toilet reading books. And I oh, stole it. I just took it. I was like, oh, this looks cool, and I, I obviously brought it back. They're like my family. I know them, but um, I the book. Yeah, it's all about that. I mean, it was really about like what you do today, like how you like you said how you were generous, how you help people, will literally like give you treasures in heaven and like it's dependent on how we do so like Corey, you may have more treasures than i will in heaven because you were like a nicer guy and you you know you did more things of like giving and being generous which is i feel like i don't know about you but i don't think i was taught that growing no. up i don't know it's like a weird twist yeah it was like a like an eye-opener thing for me yeah it's um uh oh dang it who i just had it on the tip of my tongue but there are other verses about how um you know, your, your reward and sort of your portion and, um, especially the idea of like heaven just being like a physical place. Like it's, it is this, but it's more real and it's more tangible mm -hmm. and we experience it more and our senses are, are more alive and more, uh, more sensitive to everything and how, oh, and it's, it's talked about, he talked about the verse about how, um, it's hard for rich people on earth to, um, to accept Jesus and to leave everything and follow him and talks about how it's like, you know, it's easier for 
what is it the the needle to enter through or a camel to enter through the eye of the needle for a rich man because they make their Mm -hmm. heaven on earth and instead you flip that around and you build up your treasures in heaven like you you build your heaven in heaven Mm -hmm. essentially um it's in tandem with my previous thought on the birdie lorton's and uh waste plan idea because i always think about like well like you want to do a lot of good in this world you want to make a difference you also want to have like an enjoyable life you want to give an enjoyable life to your family and you want to live well and be a good steward Mm -hmm. but also like there is kind of like a tangible goal to work for which at least for someone like me makes it like easier (laughs) i don't know it's just like easier to understand or like more motivating to a certain degree not in a selfish way but more just like in a tangible real way i can i can understand that and like grasp that idea uh so it was interesting to hear both of those. I just like randomly was like, oh, these look interesting and cued them back to back. And then they were like really intertwined around the same idea. So hmm. it seems like cool. God was trying to say something. Yeah. Yeah. The whole giving thing is like interesting. I think like uh, for me, like, I, you know, growing up, my dad has always been really generous and given to people. And um, I don't know. I think people might think or you might think like, oh, like. I'm the same way because that's my dad and that's how I was raised. But like, it's not really been that way for me. Like I, I don't think I grew up like naturally like wanting, wanting to be a giver and be someone that's been generous. It wasn't only until like we got, I got married. That's when that like kind of started happening for me. Connie is like really good about like wanting to help and bless and give to people. And it's just been interesting. Like, cause you think that like, man, when I, it kind of goes back to that competitive thing I brought up. Like if you're like you giving to someone, like, it is like somewhat of a sacrifice for you. I mean, you, you know, you worked and you earned that, that money or that resource, whatever it is that you're giving away. Like you, you brought that on and you're choosing to help and give it to someone else. And, um, I don't know. I just, I think I thought like when we started, we've done a good amount of giving this year, like above what we've, what we've you know, above our tithe. And I think I kind of just thought like it would be easy or it would be like the most just like, what's the word? Like joyous, like fun, fulfilling thing. And what I've learned is it's been extremely just, um, I guess, give me freedom. I think I would say like, I, I feel like I feel no stress when I give, which is not what I expected. I thought it'd be more of like a joy thing, but it's kind of funny. It's, it's more of like a freedom thing. Like I, I give and I help people and I just feel so at peace with it. And I guess in that comes to joy, you know? So it's, um, it's interesting how that yeah. works. I don't, I want to go into too many specifics and I feel awkward even talking about it, but we've continued to uh to tithe which we should but there's been you know since i left bear metrics and basically like went out on my own doing consulting and doing swipe mm-hmm. files and uh being like self-employed if you will like it hasn't always been easy to tithe because every month is different and mm-hmm. cash is not yeah, always there and it doesn't always feel like sometimes i don't know where the next sort of like paycheck is going to come from or if we're going to have money for, you know, for these things coming up or for some sort of unexpected cost, And it's always felt tempting to like, well, I'll just switch it off for a month or for two months or for three months. Or I just had a bad month. I'm I'm not, you know, the next tithe I'm, I'm going to save and try to make up for that. And every time I've felt like tempted by that, then I almost feel like scared to stop. I'm like, well, what happens if I stop tithing and giving? I don't know. It just, mm-hmm. it just feels like a very, like, like a big deal to do. And I'm glad that we've sort of stuck through it, even though it's been, hasn't yeah. always been easy. That makes easy. Sense. Yeah. Me, me and Connie had a, had a talk the other day. It was like, 
because I mentioned like we've been trying to we've been giving through our business. Um, I think I mentioned, but we wanted to basically tie like ten percent of our net income this year. And how we've decided to do it was rather than like just simply like every month doing ten percent to the church, we're basically giving to people we know. If that mm-hmm. makes sense. Um, so people you know that just need, we're trying to bless and help people. And uh, we were talking the other day, and I forget what it was, but Connie brought up an idea, and it was like a long-term commitment to give to someone for like a year. And I hesitated, and she like made some comment. I forget how she said it. If you guys know Connie, you know she's very direct and doesn't really uh, is not very polished with her. <laughs> uh, but her 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 reaction was like, "Then what's the point of all this? Like, what's the point of like making money and growing and having a business if we're not going to like give a lot of it away?" And I kind of just like. It's easier for her to say that because I'm the one like running and doing the business, right? But when she said that, I just it just felt like very right with me. You know, it's like sat well. Like she is correct. Like at least yeah. for us, like our that's one of our main intent and reasons to like work hard and to grow is to help people. And so, um, kind of like focusing back, like what what is the point of all this? Like, well, it's, it's to help people, and it's to help your community and those around you. So, yeah. yeah. What about you? Things you've been learning, studying, top of mind, dude. Um, yeah, uh, well, so I got, I think I shared a lot of what I was learning kind of, I guess was baby stuff, but there's some things I'm studying, but those are one random story that I, I don't even actually have a lot to say about it. I more just kind of want to put it out there and see if you had any thoughts, but, um, this is like a few months ago. I've been, I've been meaning to share on the podcast, but I was at Lowe's and I was in the paint section and I was looking for like some, I don't know, enamel or like flat, whatever, some kind of type of paint. I had a question. So I asked one of the, the employees there. It was this older guy, probably in his mid to late sixties. Um, really kind guy. We were just—he was very talkative, and you could tell he just like was doing kind of like a—I don't want to say the word like a mindless job—but he was very just kind of like, "This is easy. I'm here just to get, do my time and be out." But he's also very friendly, and he knew what he was talking about. So um, we're like talking, whatever. And I—I'm not sure how. I think I made some comment about like, "Oh, like why are you still working, or when are you trying to retire? Like, kind of what like, what is your next step in life, basically?" And he—he he basically shared like, "Oh, like." I, I retired, I think he said, I retired 10 years ago. I got this job eight years ago and I'm working to pay off my wife's taxes is what he said. My wife's tax bills is what he said. Um, he basically shared with me that he like, he had some job, he had like a pension, he had all these like retirement, he had all this stuff. And I forget what he said. I think he said he had like, it was like close to 10 grand a month of just like retirement money coming in and he still had to work to pay off like tax bills. It sounded like, and, um, I guess like what I took away from it was, um, just like he didn't plan or he didn't mm-hmm. manage him and his wife didn't manage like their bills and expenses uh, for retirement. And it was, I, I just, I'm not sure what I even want to say about it. It just, I thought a lot about it that day. Like that, that, that'd be a weird thing to be 68, 69, whatever. And you're working at Lowe's to pay off like tax bills that you have. Oh, wow. And it sounded like he had a really good job before that. It was just like a weird thing. And I just kind of thought, wow, like I don't want to be that way. Like I don't want people that I know to be that way. Like, I want to plan for like, you know, pay my taxes basically or whatever it is, right? Like just plan well for retirement and, and the future. And so I don't have any thoughts on that, but I put that down on one of these sections because I just wanted to share that story finally. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, that that's Super like a, a nightmare for me personally. I, I couldn't even imagine being that late in life and then they're like having to go back to some sort of, I don't know, manual labor or like just kind of scrounge for money every month mm-hmm. to pay off something. I'm already like, super averse to like debts and or things like that where it's like i'm i'm tied down like this is something that's holding me back from something else and so um yeah that's that's pretty scary yeah it was a super like random story 
Um, and apart from that, though, I dude, I'm reading one, one, two, three, four. I'm reading six books right now. I think it's part of my problem. <laughs> I feel like, um, like s- scattered in everything I'm reading, just because there's a lot of them. Um, I don't even know what I want to say. I guess the one thing I want to share was I'm re- reading this book, Future Men. Well, I'm re- rereading this book called Future Men uh, that Mike Van Meter mm-hmm. recommended to me. Like, I think it to us actually like a couple years ago. Um, it wasn't when he's on the podcast. It was like before oh, that. Oh yeah. And I started reading it at the time, and I remember I think I got like a little over halfway, and I kind of felt like, eh, like because it was all about like like literally like raising like like a uh, child specifically like raising right. men. Um, and I just kind of felt like, oh, like this doesn't apply to me. So I, I stopped reading it and I kind of realized like a month ago, oh crap, like I should read that book. <laughs> and so I've been reading that and it's been, I don't have any specifics, but I just wanted to say like, uh, dude, it's like, it's crazy. Like I'm going to be a dad. <laughs> like, and just weird thinking about, now it's finally um, that d- yeah, I mean, it just hit me, but like, just, I don't know, like the detailed responsibilities of like, of punishing and correcting and mm. teaching and instructing and, and, uh, it's one thing that has been having me really think about is just like such a, like a higher level of accountability for myself. It's kind of like when you're like, if you've ever done a ministry, like I feel like when you're plugged in and you're like weekly serving in the ministry, specifically when there's like kids involved and they're looking up to you for my, for me, it's been such a good like accountability thing. Like it, it keeps me in check. Like I don't feel like I want to be mindful of what, what I fill my mind with, what I watch, yeah. what I listen to, like, because I know like kids look up to me and I'm, I'm teaching in a way and I'm a part of their lives and, like what kind of man am I if I'm on my personal life, you know, doing shady stuff, and with them I'm acting all good and holy. Um, now having a kid, like it's that on steroids. Like it's just the next mm-hmm. level. And this book that this book has been really good. It's been good to reread it. Um, don't have any specifics from it. Um, trying to think what else I wanted to say in that section. It's kind of it. I mean, I I do feel a little bit scattered in what I've been reading because it's so much. Like I'm kind of just bouncing around. I don't think it's a good thing. And I'll kind of just say that. Um, I'm glad that I'm like reading several books <laughs> but it hasn't been um i don't know the most what's the word like productive yeah. i guess or like yeah. streamlined i'm kind of just like scattered so that's unfortunate but um i feel that i was i was thinking about when we do our interview or review because it's gonna be hard for me to like really tally which books i read or like partially read or started mm-hmm. reading and didn't finish or like read parts of but just kind of skipped around yeah and i i yeah, I've been having a hard time like digging back into to books. I just finished Dune, the the, the fiction book based on. Wasn't there a movie? Yeah, so the movie just came out. out. My goal was to read the book before the movie. So came it out. was. The yeah, same one. we okay. haven't watched the movie okay. yet. The book was okay, but it was really really long. It was 850 pages, so I haven't read like nonfiction. Did you read it or like audio? I read it. Read it. And wow. it, it took a long time, like the last like two months probably ish that's what that's a lot uh but then like now that i finished i haven't had like any appetite to like get back into reading nonfiction <laughs> at all so <laughs> i'm kind of in the same spot i'm just like Sorry. bouncing between the chapter here and there because i always read before i go to bed and so i'll read for 15 20 minutes and i just sort of skip around because i don't really know what i'm gonna be reading hmm. yeah I, i've um i've also been like reading less too i'm not sure why i just um I would blame it on the jacuzzi, but I've only had it for like a week, so a couple of days. You can read it in the jacuzzi. Because <laughs> now, like mornings and night, that's where I go, I, you know? Yeah. So I could, but I, I'm one of those like jacuzzi guys that wants to be like fully immersed mm. in it, you know? Like up to my like chin. Right. It's like a meditative <laughs> experience. Um, I have one thing, and then I have a bunch of like kind of rapid fire stuff that's unrelated um, that I figured I'd save to the end for anyone else who doesn't want to listen to us nerd out about certain things. 
But um, I went to the men's conference at Foothills uh, a couple of weeks ago now, I think. I forget when it was exactly. Mm-hmm. But um, one, it was really fun. Mike Vimeter did a great job. And uh, I'm looking forward to the next the next year. They had like arm wrestling and um, like with a professional arm wrestler. In fact, he's a 27-time world champion. Which <laughs> is like, I mean, the guy, like to win anything 27 times is insane because... I think he's in his fifties or sixties now and he's been doing it like his entire life. And the guy has the biggest hands and forearms I've ever seen in my whole life. What does that look like? Like, is it just like best two out of three? Like, no. What does that match? Yeah. In the competition, there's a certain like method for scoring. Like you, you switch, switch off. Um, I think with different hands and then like you do a certain amount of turns. And then I think you even like start in certain positions sometimes. Um, Either way, the guy is an absolute monster, and uh, that was fun. There was like a live band who played volleyball. It was a good time. But um, Mike Slater was sort of like the the featured speaker, so he gave like one of the main sessions, and then he also did a breakout session. And towards the end, he sort of just left time for like questions from the audience. And I was in that room, and I followed him kind of loosely, but I haven't been like really been in touch. But he was being like really, really like honest and transparent about a lot of stuff around like his faith and his family and upbringing and radio career life. He gave some crazy Trump stories, which I can share another time. Um, But uh, he sort of like open to the floor and um, he had like mentioned something in passing where he said that he like, he basically just said like really quickly, like I've been thinking recently about how like I struggle with like greed and he's like, I don't know what to do about that. And then just like moved on really quick so at the end, I asked him, I was like, hey, I was just wondering if you could expand on like what you meant by that and sort of just what you've been thinking and going through on that on that topic. And uh, it was so interesting. He was, I don't know, he was basically just saying how due to a lot of like career stuff between radio and like building his sort of like brand and personality and sort of like what his next steps and plans are going to be that he's like very very motivated by by money and like he's already very successful and so he's like also thinking about other things and investments and opportunities and they just bought a house and he's like he's also been into really like stock trading and robin hood and all that sort of stuff also getting into crypto a little bit but uh he was basically just saying like how he's been thinking about how he's noticed himself feeling greedy and it was just like a weird thing because no one really talks about that at all. And uh, and how he thought about how greed is basically telling God that he's insufficient and that you want to be financially secure like by yourself, by your own means, instead of trusting mm-hmm. or relying in God for that. And I'd, I'd mentioned how, I, I don't know if I mentioned the last one, but like how greed is the only sin that like no one really admits to. I heard that on a podcast or from someone somewhere one time. I was just like, that's so interesting how we feel awkward about that. We'll talk about, I don't know, adultery and pornography and like stealing and lying and going to prison. But like, we won't talk about greed, you know? Yeah. It's cause like money is like a taboo. Yeah. Like it's always, always taboo with people. Just at my, at my small group, um, my boys, uh, this last Monday, uh, miles and I were just, we were kind of like co doing a message and I'm not sure how, I think we were just like asking them part of it was like, Hey, do you guys have any, any like random thoughts or questions you want to kind of chat with as a group? And someone asked him a question about like 
tax write-offs. <laughs> Super <laughs> random. And the kid's like seven, 16. I was like, why are you asking? But I basically said, you don't have to worry about that. But okay. Um, it was super random. And then I'm not even sure how it came up. We started talking about like money and like a livable wage in San Diego. And one of the kids asked us, it was like, what do you guys, what do you guys make a year? What's your, what's your salaries? Whatever. And uh, I, we decided like not to share, but I'm totally okay with sharing that, especially with those kids. I, I kind of felt like, and I said that with them, I was like, I'm not going to, I don't see the benefit of telling, I don't think you guys are going to understand it enough, but I just said like, we should talk about this more. Like, we should mm-hmm. talk about like real life stuff. Like I wish I learned more about that before I, I grew up. Um, I think like the greed thing is like, it's, it's all taboo, but um, that also reminds me of, I remember uh, super random, but I was with Mark Hoffman and I, I don't even know why I told him this, but I think I was like meeting with him and some guys. And anyway, I remember like when I finally, I think I was probably like 18, 19. And I remember telling him like, Hey, like Mark, like, Hey, I haven't struggled with pornography in over like a year and a half. And I like, I remember like being like so excited to tell him that. And he's like, wow, like that's really cool. But let me ask you a question. Like when's the last time you were je- jealous of someone mm. or when's the last time you like judged a friend or you, whatever it was. And I just thought it was, it was really interesting. Like his, his take on it, you know, Fantosity, like man. these things that we, we make to be like taboo and a big deal, but like normal things that we do all the time. We don't even like yeah. think about, it. we don't bat yeah. an eye at it. Yeah. He, he for sure toasted me, but I remember feeling so dumb. I was like, gosh, Mark. <laughs> but he's totally right. Cause yeah. like, like to your point, there are so many things that we don't even think about that we do daily. Yeah. But and you've never forgotten it. It's cool. I'm bummed. I missed that. It sounds like a good, like a good topic. Yeah. It was, um, I really, really appreciated how open and transparent he was. I think, yeah, I just, this is what going to be one of those things that's kind of like going to stick with, with me for a long time. It's going to be like subtly in the background. I'll be thinking about for a while and piecing things together. Cause there, like, there's a really interesting line between like ambition and greed and like generosity. And like, cause it, it all comes from having some sort of, surplus or like the pursuit of surplus and an abundance of some sort right well, so okay that's a point I, i'm glad you brought that brought, you brought that up i've been thinking like uh i was just telling uh, i was hanging out with uh, thomas fitzgerald we we're like talking about like random stuff and i was just telling him like i'm not sure how this came up but for me i feel like the more we obtain like the more money we make and the more like just like earthly things we have it's hard to explain. I almost feel like the less that I need or like the more, I, the the more we get, the more I feel like super fulfilled and like grateful for what God has allowed us to do. And I don't know if that's normal or what that is. And I'm, I'm not saying that like this, like, like this jacuzzi fulfills me and that's what I need to have a great fulfilling life. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying like the more we, uh, our business grows and is successful, the more secure that we feel like financially, then like the more just like, abundantly grateful that i feel to god because I, I i think we both acknowledge and realize that this is god he's given to us and like he's allowed me to do with my life and it's not so much me that makes yeah. sense so i don't know if like most people feel that way or because i feel like greed is the opposite greed is like the more you get then the more you want yeah kind of thing. right i don't feel that way. i really yeah. don't feel that way and um i don't know why i, I just maybe it'll change but as of now like I feel very content with the things that we, I feel like we for sure have more than we need. Like I want, I'm not going to sit here and say we don't, like I know we do. Um, but like I, I'm great. I'm very grateful for it. Is that makes does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. Well, I mean, one of the other things that Mike Slater mentioned was that, uh, I, like, I think the context for why he was thinking about this too, was he was talking about how he hears people all the time. Like, and I think he's kind of thought a little bit like this too in the past where it's all about like building your, your empire, you know? And it's like, well, how much can I, 
accumulate and like build and be able to like show off and flaunt. And I think that also goes back to just like pride and selfishness and like making, I don't know, like wanting people to see you and look at you and be like impressed with you. Uh, which I don't, is that like idolatry or I don't know. It's like making yourself an idol, right? Like you want to be like worshiped by other people for things that you've done or created. And you want to feel validated in that way. And he's also just talking about how like he found himself in Robin hood making these trades and then like one would be successful. And then like, it just like consumed him. He would just be like obsessed with wanting to find the next thing or like wanting to see the like account balance grow and like have it be successful. And again, I haven't like experienced that personally, but, um, but it's like very common, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I don't have a lot of fully formed thoughts around it. (laughs) All right. Uh, Hit me with the rapid fire stuff. Right. So speaking of money, (laughs) I'm basically just going to talk about a whole bunch of things related to money. Um, so as of recent, I think it's because in October, this report came out around inflation and October was basically like the first month where they're like, there's some sort of report. It's like the, um, purchase power parity, uh, like government sort of like consensus report around, um, around inflation. And so it's measuring things like, you know, basic cost of living costs, uh, rent costs, home costs, appreciation, you know, goes through all sorts of different industries across like food and real estate and, um, prices for like consumables a lot, a lot of times. And October was the first month where they reported on the first like large jump, which I think was like 6.2% or something like that, which for one month, which at the start of the year, it was like supposed to be what, like a 7% increase for the year. Yeah. Yeah. If you remember. Right. So, okay. okay. So this is the whole thing is like basically in a few podcasts I listen to now, everyone's talking about how inflation is being vastly underreported. And if you look at like, uh, cause it's interesting, like there's, um, there's monetary expansion, which is also equivalent to inflation, but that's really what causes what we feel as inflation with prices going up essentially. So back in, you know, 2020, the government printed, I mean, literally trillions of dollars. I think it was like towards the end of 2020, it was something like 20% of dollars in circulation were created in the last six months or something like that. So like, yeah, I mean, you know, you're not so like crazy. the monetary expansion that's happened in the last two years has been something to the effect of like 25 to 30% ish, but we haven't seen or realized that inflation in our day to day lives quite yet. And, or it's happening kind of gradually. And then October happens and it's like this big jump where it was at like, two to three percent and then all of a sudden it's like six percent six percent and now everyone's talking about how it's like all right people like you know buckle up because buckle up yeah, it's yeah about, exactly. like this is vastly underreported as it is and it's just going to get worse and more drastic um as you know within the next like year or two essentially um now they've also been talking about ways to basically hedge against it so i was like oh great perfect like i mean like, awesome. Like, what do I do about that? You know, <laughs> like just boohoo. And I go cry. Like, I'm, I want to know what to do about it. So they're talking about how, like, there are ways you can hedge against inflation by using that to your advantage. If you put your dollars to work for you in things that benefit from monetary expansion and 
uh, price inflation in consumables. A lot of that being traditional things like uh, real estate. Interestingly, a lot of like tech stocks don't benefit from inflation because, um, actually no, it's not true. Uh, tech stocks do benefit a lot from inflation because they're not generating a big profit today uh, and it's sort of like thrown off to the future, but they're also hurt by inflation because they don't have the same ability to just like increase prices overnight or overnight. A lot of times, like people will be mm-hmm. up in arms about it in some ways. If their, you know, your Netflix subscription goes from yeah. $15 to $16, like that, you know, you just don't see those kind of price increases a lot. Um, but with things like, so it's talking about like Costco and like a lot of like big distributors and businesses where there is, there isn't a lot of like price, uh, sensitivity and, and or they're at like the start of the value chain where they have this, like they set the price, no one can say no, and then it just like trickles down all the way to a consumer like us, like a lot of manufacturers and a lot of, um, especially like semiconductor chips are like super short right now. And there's also inflation. So it's like this double whammy where uh, like they need to jack up prices because of inflation, because they're at this, the beginning of the value chain but also they can jack up prices because the supply is so low and the demand is so high. And so anyways, they're talking about things like that. I, don't, I can't tell if I'm like buying into sort of like the story or the narrative or not, but I like have no cash right now. <laughs> like basically everything is going into stock, crypto, you know, REITs, like real estate funds, index funds. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I, I just wanted to get your thoughts on on how you're thinking about it, um, because I feel like I don't know. I want to take advantage of it. I feel like I've already been taking advantage of it based on some of the results mm-hmm. I've been seeing. But I also just want to talk more more openly of like this is a thing. Like people should be thinking about this and generally trying not to hold on to so much cash if they can, or at least like think of ways to take advantage of it. Yeah. That's, yeah, I think that um, my guess is most people like don't think like this. Um, I feel like I just started thinking. I mean, it was at the start of the year. My brother-in-law Brian um, texted me like January like second, whatever, and he was like, "Yo, like, what are your financial goals for the year? What are you guys doing? Whatever." And we got together and just hung out, and we just you kind of like opened my mind. One thing he said at the start of the year was like, "Put your money in like tangible assets not tan- assets like property and 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 uh, reads and everything you're saying he's you know he's talking about just, i guess inflation and i think you're spot on it's hard for me because we have our business and our personal yeah and so like cash is like an important thing for us um you know we have to make like quarterly tax payments um for our corporation and so like i need cash for that um we what we've done this year we we i think i shared but we bought an investment property in del mar we're like building a house so we started that which actually has not gone very well i'll share that in our interview review interview review uh i don't think i've shared this yet but we also bought another piece of land in september i think it was and so we have that and then we i mean i guess we bought into like and also another business with with um the staging business so uh, my investments, and I've, I've shared this a lot, but my mindset is I want to invest. And I specifically feel like my calling is towards business stuff. That's where I, where I feel the most natural. And so that's where I'm putting most of mm-hmm. our money is like that kind of stuff. Um, where like, we're actively doing it like with that business, whatever. So that's kind of what we're doing. Um, 
I don't have really anything in stocks. All I have money is in crypto, crypto businesses and, and property. Yeah. So that's kind of what I have. I wish I would, we can for sure do more. We have cash kind of just sitting right now. So I've been thinking about it, I guess, but everything's expensive right now. It's part of where I'm feeling is like everything. Yeah. Right. Costs it's a lot. also so, like all time highs across everything. And so, and yeah. So it's like a weird thing where like in terms of like business right now, like I, we have enough, like we're, we're flowing. So I'm kind of like, whatever. I think what I honestly want to do, I really want to buy like another business. That's what I want to do. If I, if I could find one, that's what I would do. Mm-hmm. That one that'd be a little more like passive and less of my time. I'd put, I'd put some money into that versus like more of this kind of stuff. So yeah. that's where I'm at, I yeah. guess. The, the other interesting part is um, they all talked about how when there is inflation, um, borrowing becomes a lot more interesting because basically you borrow money today that gets devalued over time and thus you end up uh, not really, but like in practice you end up paying back less because the money you borrow today that you go invest today. Yeah. Like a what percent is what rate. Right. That's a really good point. We just, so we just bought two new cars. One is for our business and one was a personal one. And like we have some like cash right now. Like we could, if we wanted to pay probably cash for both of them, if we wanted, we didn't. Um, and that was literally the reason why it was because like, well, like, you know, we want to keep more cash on hand or, you know, invest it in other ways. But I guess my, my thought of it was, okay, if I can invest this, this money, like rather than paying down like this debt and this like interest, if I could put it into something else that's going to produce more of an upside mm-hmm. that will, you know, what's the word? Like f- flip it upside down to where, you know, it all makes sense. Like that's kind of what we decided to do. So I think it has also comes down to like, what is your threshold for like, what are you comfortable with like debt wise or like payment wise, whether it's vehicles or other payments right. you have like, but what's your comfort level well you especially know? for thing well okay so the the car example is interesting the whole thing yeah. because cars are one of those those uh like consumables that are like very affected by by inflation mm-hmm. because there's so many parts that go into a car and um labor is another big part of it and so like usually the car industry feels the effects of inflation hard which actually we saw early in the year when like I don't know if you like heard or saw, but like there's like a used car shortage. And so like old beat up cars well, were getting marked up like double what they were worth a year before. This is a, this is a really good example. I, I, I've seen this. So I mentioned we just bought a new car. And so we, we were wanting to sell Connie's Connie's car. And we, uh, about three months ago was when we, we posted an offer up and, and the like value, like the Kelly blue book, the high end was like 11,000. It was like eleven thousand five, maybe twelve thousand. So we posted it for eleven thousand. We only got one inquiry. That was it. Like no one wanted it. And I was like, dang, like that's a bummer. Cause we really wanted like twelve thousand for it. And then we waited, and we just sold it this last oh, really? week. And we checked the value, and like for the good condition for a private seller was twelve thousand to fifteen thousand wow. dollars. It bumped up like four grand just for literally for no reason because just cars are going up. And so we sold it for twelve, and we're happy. Another interesting thing is my truck. I bought my truck. Mm. Uh, in 2016, trucks are in big demand. I bought it for twenty five thousand dollars. I got a really good deal on it. I probably should have bought it for more like twenty nine thirty, but I got it for twenty five used. And we just checked the value on it like uh, this yesterday, and it's worth thirty two thousand no dollars. <laughs> and I've put forty thousand miles on it. Like it's just crazy. Yeah. Like it's worth more than I bought it for. Like it's it's unbelievable. Absolutely nuts. And that's like a tangible example of what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I mean, same exact thing. Um, I'm I'm looking at like the the Kelly Blue Book like fair market range for for our car for our mm-hmm. Lexus, and it's literally like 
like five to eight thousand dollars more than what we bought it for with mm-hmm. even less miles <laughs> yeah it's and insane so that i'm like okay sweet i'm glad we like financed most of it because now we get to put mm-hmm. that money to work and it's actually had me thinking differently about buying a house because although i think that real estate is at all-time highs and it's crazy and you know it's like feels kind of weird and i don't know there's always like this hype around like the market's gonna crash soon and there's gonna be some sort of correction or whatnot I actually don't care a ton about that because as long as you're making the payments like long-term, it pretty much always ends up working itself out as long as you're not. Are you talking for a real estate specifically? Yeah, for, for a house. Yeah. If you hold on to it, it doesn't actually right. matter. Like if, if you're trying to flip something, you get caught in the middle. That's where you can get yeah. in trouble. But if you buy property now and then it, go, it doesn't matter because I mean, the whole thing about equity is like, it's, it's not, it's not really there until you take it out. I mean, we were talking the other day about some of your like investment stuff and you, we were, you were saying like, you were telling me like, well, theoretically I have X amount, but I don't really have it until I pull that. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not in your bank account, right. it's just in your investments. And so, yeah, same thing yeah. with property. And so thinking about like when there's inflation, it's it's a good time to borrow money, whether it's for, especially for cash flowing things like, or assets, right? So houses, businesses, um, other sorts of investments that throw off cash or that, you know, would, uh, would benefit from inflation. And uh, interest rates are at all time lows. And something I'd never thought about before was the US compared to other countries and how the mortgage system works and interest rates and all that. Like the US has by far the most friendly and accessible financing options for real estate. Like it's Mm -hmm. not even close, basically. Uh, Someone was saying how they were living, I think they lived in like the UK, I wanna say or that they were in the UK or maybe they were even in Switzerland and they were like, the prices are great here, but like the interest rate is like 15%. <laughs> I was like, Oh wow. Like, so again, mm-hmm. like long term, they both sort of equal themselves out, but also if you're going to borrow a lot of money, you might as well borrow it at a really low interest rate so you can take advantage of inflation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. I totally agree. Dude, this is like having me making me regret how much money we put down on cars. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we didn't put down as much as we were originally planning to because yeah. of this conversation, but we still put down like a healthy yeah. amount. Well, again, you want the payments to be sustainable, and um, well, like I, I brought back, yeah, exactly. Like the what I'm not comfortable with that. Yeah. I don't like that, and I'm like, and I just especially like you know, obviously good debt, bad debt, but like the vehicles are bad debt essentially. I mean. Especially like the the business vehicles, like that truck, we needed that so we could just whatever yeah. it doesn't matter. Um, I don't know. We just had to do what we were comfortable with. Yeah. So, um, speaking of which, so <laughs> I started. I signed up for the service. Um, it's basically like a decentralized uh, domain registrar. So if you own, you know, uh, uh, WonderEventRentals.com. You had to register that with some sort of company, right? And they give you the domain and now you mm-hmm. sort of own it. Although technically yep. you actually lease it from them, but you, you have rights to the domain and, and you own it and you can resell it for. You're talking about like, so I use like Namecheap. Yeah. You're referring exactly. to that, right? Like a Namecheap okay. or a GoDaddy or, uh, or something mm-hmm. like that. So I got wind of this decentralized, uh, domain registrar called the Ethereum name service. And basically it's a way to create a domain. Uh, that you own on the blockchain that you can also tie back to like crypto wallet addresses. So instead of like typing in this like 
20 letter a number string that's like random and like impossible to memorize you can just type in your ens and then that will route anything that you're sending money over crypto uh to the right place for you like that's your like home address and then like eventually you'll be able to actually host like a website and route other things there as like your own like personal kind of place anyways did that a while back they've been making a lot of progress uh and then they just launched a their token the ens token that represents ownership and sort of monetization of the network of the domain registrar and then they did something called an airdrop which is where they basically give tokens that were just created back to contributors and users and sort of like founding members of the project um and there was basically had this like whole equation or formula around um how long you've had your ens registered and like how long like when's like your next expiration date and like when you actually started using it and whatnot anyways i got airdropped 290 tokens um Oh, you don't. So yeah, which is actually a fair amount because what happened was it created all this excitement and buzz and all these people like interested in the project all of a sudden. And when they launched the token, it immediately started trading. It started trading at eighteen dollars per token, and now it's trading between like sixty and seventy dollars per token, um, which basically means that they gave me about fifteen grand for free <laughs> if I were to sell. That's so crazy. Yeah, which is absolutely bonkers. And um, my first experience with an airdrop and something like that. Um, and what did you decide, by the way? Is that still in there if you're taking that money no, out No, it's yet? still in there. So so here's the thing. Okay, Corey, come on now. It's like the equity thing we just talked about. Are you going to keep riding it or are you going to pull gonna out? I'm keep riding it because... Or transfer. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep riding it because I think it's actually going to be one of the really like fundamental pieces of this whole like decentralized internet. Um, because th- like literally if you go on the internet everything is tied to a domain address and some of the large like most profitable companies in the world are domain registrars because it's the perfect business you lease it out there's like a membership there's like a renewal fee for your domain name everyone wants one right there's always like a growing number of domains registered and this is the decentralized crypto equivalent and it has recurring revenue already built in, like it's literally just getting started. And it's not even available to trade on most uh, like used platforms like Coinbase or uh, FTX or Gemini. Um, you basically just have to like swap the token directly in what's called a decentralized exchange. Um, so I think there's a lot more room for, for growth. And if it ends up being a very sizable amount of money, maybe 10 xing or something like that, then I would I would sell at least half of it for sure. But uh, it's it's pretty nuts. That's so cool. It brought me to just really quick. I want to talk about why Christians should care about crypto. Here's here's my whole shtick. This is just like I'll just leave you with this: is that most Christians, especially like conservative Christians are about freedom and sort of individuality and uh, liberty and sort of like the right of the people, right? For the people, by the people, democracy, uh, freedom to choose, right? But also there's like a a moral aspect to that as well. For sure. A lot of conservative Christians are very, you know, anti-government regulation. Um, 
anti-inflation, anti-government spending, anti anti lots of government things. Now, I don't necessarily think that, I think especially with the, the, the direction that we're going, I don't think that the government is going to get smart. Like basically if you look back in the last like, hundred years, like really actually since the, the roaring 20s, so like literally a hundred years, the government has only been getting bigger and having a bigger place in people's lives in society and becoming, having basically more control or participation in our everyday lives and freedoms and what we can and can't do. Things like healthcare, military, infrastructure, cities, laws, it's always expanding. I don't know if that will ever be like it'll, if, if it'll either like retract and go the opposite direction where then we're in a direction of like less government spending less. In fact, one of the podcasts I was listening to, you know, it's, it's very like there's like four guys and they're all like fairly moderate, but like some are Republican, some are Democrat, um, but they're all like really good thinkers. And they were talking about how like the, the conservative guy was basically like, look, we can't keep spending this way. We need to spend less but also we need to spend something because uh, basically like a deflationary like time basically just puts everything in a recession. And if you're not careful, a depression, which is, is what happens. And I don't know if that will ever, like if we'll allow that to ever happen again. So basically there's always going to be more government, more spending, and it might even increase or accelerate like fairly soon. So the answer I think honestly is crypto because uh, it is decentralized by nature instead of like um, the definition of centralized essentially is the government, right? Is like a central governing body that determines what people can do, say how they participate in society, etc. Crypto is completely decentralized. It is completely democratized in that sense. And there's lots of governing ways within crypto. I think a lot of people are, you know, we're seeing this with like censorship on social media, uh, on businesses and what businesses can or can't do. Um, it's kind of a meme, but like crypto solves for that. And I think, so I've been reading this, uh, this book here and there about this Christian who's really into Bitcoin. I think there's a very good, like Bitcoin is basically like a, a modern day gold or digital gold. That's what people like to call it. Ethereum is more of like a, people like to call it a silver, but it's more like a programmable money. And I think that's actually going to be the future of like how a lot of transactions happen, especially if you don't want to be tracked by the government. Like that's quite literally, that would be like the first option or the most viable option to do that. Um, but also just how people uh, communicate. And um, now there's these things called uh, DAOs, decentralized autonomous organizations, which are a way to like in a decentralized way, in a decentralized way for the first time, make decisions and do something with something. It could be like real estate, it could be whatever. Today, there's someone who is uh, put together a DAO to purchase a copy of the Constitution. And so they set up a DAO called Constitution DAO and they've pulled $40 million to auction today from Sotheby's, uh, a copy, one of 11 remaining copies of an original Constitution. And um, I participated, of course, so I'm hopefully crossing my fingers later today, we get a notification that we successfully purchased a copy of the constitution. Um, 
And it's just a great example of like, this is what it means. This is the future. This is going to happen more and more where people create DAOs uh, around schooling. People create DAOs around companies. A DAO actually in Wyoming now is a recognized um, legal entity or a legal corporate entity uh, for a business. So it's like an option now for people to do where you issue tokens, which is essentially fractional ownership in uh, a corporate entity, right? A business. So anyways, I think a lot of Christians poo-poo on, uh, on crypto, but there's a lot more than just what you see on the memes or on talks of the metaverse and whatnot. Um, Mike Slater was actually kind of, he was kind of downing on, uh, on crypto and on the metaverse and stuff like that. But oh, there's really? a lot more there than... Did you boom off yeah. the stage? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I think like a lot of what you're saying... Um, I think a question is like how long until this stuff takes place? Like, you know, what's the tract of like, when is it possible that people, you know, we divert from away from the government and like crypto is like the, the currency we use for it, you know, all things. I know it's used for some things, but like, when does it happen or everything you're saying, like when does these things take place? Right. And that's the yeah. question. I don't think it's ever going to be like, like years, months, is thing? It, uh, forever. You I know? think what's going to happen is that more governments will start uh, regulating crypto yeah but then also what crypto does inherently is it actually does give voting power to people directly so that they actually do have a say in what happens um how decisions get made and uh, and also organizing thoughts for different projects and sort of what what gets done Mm -hmm. how you decide who has a say in that thing um it also creates more competition between countries it wouldn't surprise me if uh, one of these days there's a country that decides to go all in on crypto and maybe they're a little bit more neutral and a lot of wealthy people or a lot of um, libertarian people end up moving there and bringing all their dollars and their crypto to that country and leave the U.S. in the dust. Uh, we kind of see this on a small level in like Cuba and Puerto Rico where you can basically live there tax-free. Um, but this would like literally be like a but there you have to like, you have to use cash for everything. And there's like lots of sketchy ways, but with crypto, no one can, you're your own bank, you're your own credit card, you're your own X, Y, like no one can tell you, uh, no, because it's decentralized on a blockchain and a network. And you can also live and act sort of anonymously, not anonymously, but it's called sort of pseudonymously. But, um, I don't think it's to be a question of like, when it takes over or like replaces everything it's more of like how it gets integrated into america and also globally yeah no you're, you're right yeah it's so fascinating dude you know uh solana is based here in san diego solana's yeah really? it's a i mean one of the next big cryptos I didn't know that really really mature ecosystem lots of apps mm-hmm. being built on top of it um super fast and also really cheap to use which ethereum is not right now um but uh i'm rooting for those guys too and uh they got some cool stuff in the hopper yeah that's cool all right well i got another meeting in a couple minutes crypto rant over let's wrap it up (laughs) for all those who've made it this far thanks for listening i think like (laughs) dude this episode is long so we need uh we gotta put out more episodes (laughs) This could have been two, but it's all good. All right. Well, if you made it this far, yeah, thank, thank you. you. You're, you're a real one. That's right. The real fan. Well, thanks for listening today. If you can do one thing for us to support the podcast this week, it would be leave us a review on Apple and on Spotify. If you're listening on Spotify, 
uh, click follow and also leave a review on Spotify. That'll help us uh, reach more people, rise up the rankings, get discovered by more and more people. Spotify actually is probably like the best chance for like podcast marketing and mar podcast discoverability these days. Um, even though they're doing it in a very centralized way, it's a little bit scary, kind of monopolistic in some ways. Otherwise, we'll see you in the next one. Thank you.